everybody and welcome back to the Bailey Bookish podcast. Today we are continuing on at, with on with the show. <laughs> on with, on the, with show. the show. Yep, we're continuing reading Emma with Bethany from Prince Kai Fan Pod. <laughs> How many episodes of us talking about Emma do you think it'll take for me to be the, able to say that like in one go? I mean, this is the last one, so I will never know. We got the movie. Maybe I'll get it next time. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, at the very end. But we are going to have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts, at least. I have many things I want to say about Frank Churchill, that asshole. Um, (laughs) Oh, Mr. Frank Churchill. Yeah, what a dick for no reason. Delightful. He's something. Definitely something. But we are on chapter 54. Also something. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely something. XLIV. I think that's 54. XLIV. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I cannot remember what the uh, L stood for. I knew you were going to figure out these these Roman numerals by the time we were done. I had a lot of faith in you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So Emma is mad at herself for the Box Hill incident. Um, And then she decides, you know, to solve this problem. So, by the way. Yeah, she was kind of a dick. (laughs) She should be mad at herself. She has a lot to atone for. Yeah, she basically just roasted every member of this party and was like, hope that's cool. It's not. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. So she decides she's going to immediately call upon Miss Bates the next morning to uh, make up for her shitty comments. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I love that she's like, oh, I won't try to make it better. I'm just going to like hang out with her and hopefully we'll just like brush it under the rug. Like, the thing about Emma is there's no such thing as I'm just going to do anything. Mm -hmm. She's never just going to do something. Mm -hmm. She, our girl is nothing but a, but a hard worker and an overachiever, right? Like she doesn't half-ass anything, even her drama. Truly. They tried to sneak Jane out of the room as soon as Emma approached to make it seem like she was ill, which I thought was freaking hilarious. You know how you do. Yeah. She's like, tell her I'm dead. Tell her I'm dying. I don't know. Tell her tell anything. Her I'm dead and dying. <laughs> because that's how badly I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. I just like that they were like actively shoving her in the room. And they're right. like, oh, you just missed Jane. Oh, no. What will we do now? Oh, the horror. The horror. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> I honestly <laughs> could not be bothered to like. I was having the hardest time reading Miss Bates' giant walls of text, trying to figure out what was going on with Jane. I was like, mm, I don't care enough. <laughs> it's like two full pages, and I was like, I just yeah, don't they are. Care. They are. It's, it's, it gets excessive. Yeah, so I read it so everybody else is happy. But we also know that, like, they didn't do a very good job of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I read it so nobody else has to. 
You're welcome, people. Very nice of you. So I will uh, appreciate that sacrifice from you. I was like reading it at work, and it took me like hours because I had to keep pausing to take care of tables and stuff to get through like <laughs> three ch- pages because I had to keep like restarting to figure out if I missed something important. And I was like, I'm gonna lose it. You didn't miss anything important. No, that's the worst part. <laughs> I can tell you right now, most of the time you don't miss anything important. Literally, though. So, uh, Jane is going to go work for Mrs. Smallridge, uh, who apparently has three girls, and Jane is going to be a governess. And she wasn't going to do it, but she randomly decided last night that she would. Also, apparently, there was an after party and no one invited Emma. Can we just agree that Jane should not be anybody's, or that uh, Emma should not be anybody's governess? Like, can we just come to a complete understanding that that is not a good idea? Yeah, but, yeah. I I feel like Jane would be a decent governess. Jane would, but Emma, no, 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 no. No, Jane's going to be the governess, not Emma. I know. I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that, like, if Emma were given that opportunity, I think that she would not do a good job. I don't think so. She would That's ruin those girls' lives, to be honest. possible way that I can say those words in a sentence together. Well, it'd be like the Harriet problem over again. She would assume yeah. everyone's, like, should marry above them, you know? I think she assumes that... I don't know. I don't know the nice way of saying it. I think that she makes a lot of presumptions and I think that's part of her character arc. But I also think that it's a very large flaw in her. One that usually results at the demise of someone else and mm-hmm. not her. Yeah. And I also First think like, choice, right? like that's neither here nor there. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that, like, Emma just does not understand her privilege most of the time. And so she's like, yeah, no. Yeah, we've seen that pr- repeatedly. And I think that's something that Mr. Knightley provides a good foil on because he's constantly reminding her, like, you know, that she comes from somewhere where she has money and class and she's attractive and plenty of men. Um, will want to date her and marry her and she doesn't have to worry about you know ruin or or not being able to support a family or maybe never even having a family or choosing the wrong person really yeah and so she takes for granted all of those the benefits she gets from being born into a nice household in uh in jolly old england Mm -hmm. she's basically the caroline bingley from Pride and Prejudice, but in Emma, maybe a little nicer, but like just doesn't realize the the gift that she has. Yeah, for sure. I like the comparison to Caroline, though. Gotta love Caroline Bangley. I made a tweet today about Pride and Prejudice. I have this like thought going around my head. Oh, did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if my siblings saw this, I was like, I have to make sure that they like, because they never read Pride and Prejudice. I, was like, I just want to make sure that if they see it, they you don't know, see it. Fingers <laughs> crossed. They don't see it. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be like, um, did you get married and forget to tell us? I'm like, um, no, I don't know. Maybe I mean, no, of course not. Never. No, me, no, of course not. 
Why would I do that? Could not be. I just thought that was so funny. Because I've been having like this thought about doing um a like am I the asshole, but like different Jane Austen characters. I think that would be awesome and you would get like a million of them from Pride and Prejudice alone. Literally. I might just do it mostly, at some point. Mostly you would get Mrs. Bennett, Darcy, and Elizabeth. But there'd be plenty there to choose from. Am I the asshole for telling um, a woman that her family is uh, below yes. me? During my proposal. During my proposal. I'm better than you and your entire family, but that doesn't mean we can't get married. Wait, what? My best friend, let's call him B, uh, says I might be the <laughs> asshole. Let's call him B. That sounds legit. That's a name. Yeah. Oh, man. I Maybe I'll just do that. Maybe that'll be my little fun creative writing project this summer. I'll make, like, Twitter. I uh, like those TikTok videos, you know? No. <laughs> oh, you don't have those? Are you, oh, you're not on TikTok, are you? No, I'm not on TikTok at all. Oh. Like so a, I'll never know. A it's not just that I don't know. I'll it's never funny. know. You're, you refuse. Fair <laughs> enough. My sister. I don't want to if I don't want to. I don't blame you. I lose so much time on TikTok. I just think it's fun. I don't know, man. I don't know. I spend enough time on Instagram as it is. I actually started not doing Instagram at all on the weekends, just so I knew for sure I was taking at least some break. Yeah. But I definitely get people that are like, why don't you ever answer anybody on Saturdays? And it's like, Every Saturday morning, I put on my stories, like, unplugging for the weekend, so. Yeah. I, I, I saw that, and I was like, I'll just send this question, and then whenever you get back on Monday, you'll just answer me. Yep. Which is fine. Honestly, I... I think it's much better for my mental health. I definitely pay attention a lot to social media because of the podcast, and it's been nice to take a break at least sometimes. I kind of want to do that, to be honest. Just like actually build in days for me to have off. Yeah, I do. That's why I do every Saturday and Sunday because I'm like that. That's my time away from my real job. So why shouldn't it be my time away from the podcast? The only thing is, like, I do record Sunday mornings at ten because mm-hmm. um, I work Monday through Friday. Uh, but I've been telling people like, okay, well, I don't use social media over the weekend so here's my email address if you need to get a hold of me yeah that's fair that's a good way to do it thank you yeah you're so supportive listen everything you do i'll just be like wow i love that but honestly though i uh really am a proponent of like people taking social media breaks and i i used to be one of those people where i was like oh i could never do that because that's my like job you know and now i'm like fuck it if someone doesn't hire me because I don't work on the weekends, that's a them problem. That's not a me problem. That's true. I'm over but it. People, I need my balance. People don't always see it that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and we've sort of become tangent. Uh, we've sort of become accustomed to this social, uh, you know, sort of calendar. And it, it actually is a really good foil for what we're discussing uh, during every Jane Austen novel that we cover, 
um, because we're talking about books where it's very important what your social class is, what your social standard is. Mm-hmm. It makes or breaks your the future of your your own, you know, marital happiness, but also the marital happiness of your siblings, of other people in your family, and the the financial well being of yourself and others in your family and all of that is based on what parties do you get invited to? Who's going to be at that party? Did you go to the wrong party? Like all of that is so heavily influenced by the social standard of what they're going through. Something that's still very present in our current society. It's just now it's online. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, I like that a lot, but also like it's, it's kind of crazy how much, social media has changed everything yeah you know it's a little and it's kind of it's kind of indignative of what we as a society have allowed to to happen Mm -hmm. uh in terms of social media a lot of which was heavily influenced during the pandemic because Thanks to social media, we were able to keep in touch with people. We were able to keep in contact. Um, Myself especially, I'm an extrovert. So having social media and internet companions, like that was extremely essential for my survival during that time frame. But um, because of that, you do sort of get uh, addicted, for lack of a better word, to Instagram. And I know myself, I try very hard to make sure that what I'm doing on Instagram is um, productive. Am I messaging people? Am I looking at posts from people that I know or people that I might want to know? Am I keeping myself updated with like authors and books and, and followers and stuff? Mm -hmm. Uh, or am I scrolling and watching random people paint their nails? Am I scrolling and watching like dogs learn how to open gates? Cause I could do that for days. Um, anything with a turtle is going to catch my attention. So I, I try to make sure that like what I'm doing on social media is strictly productive because I feel like when I don't do that, I just do hours and hours of rabbit hole. And it's like, I just spent an hour. If I can spend an hour going down a rabbit hole of Instagram, how many chapters is that in a book? Mm-hmm. How much of a conversation is that with like my sisters or my husband or my family? How much of that energy could have been spent to like playing with my dog or writing my own book or working on something, uh, crocheting a blanket, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like at least for myself personally, I have to make social media productive because otherwise it's a a distraction from me actually being present in my everyday life. Yeah. That's how I was starting to feel. Like I used to get up and scroll on TikTok for like 30 minutes and I was like, okay, no, we're not doing this anymore. Like this, I'm trying to do a reset now that I'm back from vacation and Mm -hmm. trying to be like more, particular with my time so that I can have a lot more free time because I feel like I'm always playing catch up and I'm tired of it and also I want to quit my job so I need to make some strides towards that and scrolling for 30 minutes is not me updating my resume you know what I mean really not and it's hard to it's hard to break away from that because because there is something genuinely satisfying about scrolling on social media or we wouldn't get addicted to it right Mm -hmm. um and so it's hard to like allow yourself those small moments of joy and then realize like i didn't get anything done today and then it's like why didn't i get anything done i had so many hours yeah yeah 
also I took an entire course on um on uh resume building and cover letters so if you need help email me Ooh, okay I might need it's been a long time since I've done a cover letter so I might need help with that you got it I do like I'm really good at resumes cover letters I'm like yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm good at both just yeah. because I'm at, because I took that course I'm very familiar with like mm-hmm. if you're looking for a job if you're looking for A, B, and C then that needs to be on your resume and your cover letter Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes you do have to have multiple resumes that prioritize different skills and different background levels. Yeah. Um, so I've got pretty good at that, especially since I've been looking for a job for the last like seven months. So, um, yeah, just email me. I'll help you. Okay. You're a legend. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, and also if my other bosses hear this, I'm talking about my restaurant job. Totally not you. Love you guys. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Covering my bases. I hate my restaurant job. <laughs> Anyways, Emma, Emma. <laughs> would, would be a fantastic writer. She would just do like all dramatic romance. Yep. You know those books on like with like the guy on the cover and his hair blowing in the wind and Fabio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Emma. That's every book Emma writes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And yeah, they I all are weirdly shaped like. like how to get married in 10 days or mm-hmm. no weirdly really shaped like mr knightley it's so strange i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either that or it's a lot of vampire romance <laughs> so much i would love that though i would read the shit out of that oh like, hell yeah i would be super grateful that she even did that for sure i'd be like oh yeah give it to me sounds great she's like they're all like kind of related but not really totally not but like it's your like sister's husband? I don't know. Sort of, maybe a little bit. Not legally? I mean, that stuff happened a lot at the time, so we can't yeah. get too upset with them. I mean, they're not siblings. They're not wrong. They're not related. Right. It's just a little weird, but not really. But, like, at that time, the pool of people you could choose from was so small. It was going to be hard not to have at least some overlaps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Facts. But, um, Emma. Emma, at this, like, little, like, gathering at Miss Bates' house, she just kind of checked on everybody, and then she left really quickly. She was there, like, probably five minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we are on to chapter 55. When Emma gets back home, uh, Mr. Knightley and Harry are there. Knightley tries to leave immediately, but is super weird about it. And he says he's going to John and Isabel's. Now, what could he be doing there? I, I wonder. I wonder what he could be doing. Oh... Uh... Emma's so stupid. <laughs> She's like, he doesn't love me, right? Like, he is no, he's not, not even trying to hide it. Like, most <laughs> of the time, he's not even good at hiding it. And she's still like, what? Oh, no, I can't believe it. So I'm also reading A Touch of Darkness right now. Same vibe. Very appropriate. Also, I think you're 
I think I like yelled at you and told you to read Crave, which you're also reading. Right? Yeah, I'm reading that too. I okay, so I was reading A Touch of Darkness in the car. How much you hate yourself that you love it because that's how I feel. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> it's it's not that well written, but like God, it feels like feels like reality TV to me. You know, I like could not, I could not read those books fast enough. And I remember telling my sister, because she's, like, a huge Twilight fan, I remember telling my sister, like, oh, my God, you're going to love these books. And she's like, I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, Twilight was kind of sketchy. And I'm like, no, 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 you're totally right. But hear me out. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was, like, live tweeting my reactions to you, uh, which is my favorite thing to do anytime I know someone's already read the book. So I have another um, friend, Danny, and I'm, like, live tweeting to her. I'm like... So she's going to say to Hades, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, you know, pretend that she doesn't even care. She totally cares. What an idiot. <laughs> so can I ask, which book are you on in this series? So Crave, I just finished. I just finished Crave. I'm like starting Crush. I, I'm just okay. at the point where she wakes up and she's I'm like, so excited. Yeah. So much excitement, like on your behalf. I can't right now. I, I had to like pause it though and switch. Take oh, sorry. a break from classic lit and just do episodes on that series. I and you don't call me as your guest. I'm going to be very disappointed in our friendship. <laughs> no, like, trust me. If I, I will be genuinely upset with you. If I somehow start doing that instead, <laughs> I will let you know. Don't maybe I'll do like a little special run or something. Oh my god, we should do a Patreon for it, and then we can put it on both our Patreons. I always need more content on Patreon. Right? Okay, you heard it here, folks. That's what's happening. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Perfect. Anyways. Let's just gush about Emma it. Emma is, is blind as a bat. Blind as a bat. Even though she supposedly knows everything. What a typical teenager that yeah. she knows everything about the universe. Literally, and, though. And nothing at all. I fully remember myself being like this. So, oh, 100%. I had like this mental flashback to uh, in middle school. Our principal like gave us the bad news that the friends we have in middle school will not last forever. Exactly. And I, I remember looking at my two friends and being like, that won't be us, guys. And now I haven't spoken to them in years. I tell people that all the time because a lot of my listeners are really young. And I, I told, I forget who it was, but one of them was getting bullied, like, hardcore. She felt like she didn't have any friends. And she, like, finally convinced her mom to just homeschool her. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was talking to her, and I told her, I know that this feels like the biggest thing in the world right now, mm -hmm. but I promise you, it's going to change. Yeah. You're going to deal with clicks everywhere you go in life. You really will. And I know how much that sucks. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you are going to move past this and everyone around you. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see these people again and they're not going to see you again and they're not going to give you a single thought. So you don't deserve to give them that either. And I remember like a couple of years later, she messaged me and she was like, I just ran into somebody at Walmart and I wasn't afraid of them. I wasn't worried about them. And even when they said hi, all I did was wave and walk away and and she just felt like so empowered by it and i was like this is exactly what i'm talking about like when we're young and we're in high school that is the biggest thing in the world especially because so many adults for some reason are like these are the best years of your life i hope not 
No. That's your first decade on the planet. Like, what? It just downhill from 18 on? Yeah. That sounds terrible. No. Honestly, all of the K through 12 years are god awful. Um, they are. They are. You're going to have some great memories. You are going to make some friends that last, you know, a really long time. Yeah. But it, it's not going to be as much as you might think right now. And those people that you idolize that you think are so much better than you that seem to have their lives together, they are struggling more than you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something when you become an adult where you're like, wow, that was a buck wild time. It's also something when you're an adult where you look back and you're like, man, this adult, this other adult, like that person wasn't who they should have been. You know, like I look back sometimes at some of the teachers I had and I'm like, the amount of favoritism you guys gave, the amount of like distrust you gave when someone came forward and was like, so-and-so is bullying me or so-and-so has been mistreating me, the lack of concern and care that they gave, it's evident in, as an adult. And it's it's absolutely disgusting because they're they're just feeding into that narrative and there's no consequences for them. Yeah. I used to get bullied on the school bus in like middle school. And then um, uh, my little sibling met me at the bus stop and chased him down the street. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure kicked uh, him in the nuts. Like 99% sure. (laughs) I got bullied a lot in high school, a lot. And I remember one person, um, her name was Ashley. Her name was Ashley Green. I don't give a shit. I will say her name right now. She attacked me in the parking lot. Um, she knew I had a seizure disorder. So she turned on her phone and had it flashing in my face until I fell down. And then she like tried to hit my head into the pavement. And I remember my boyfriend at the time got in a lot of trouble because he like kicked her off of me. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, you don't know what to do in that scenario, right? Yeah. And I remember I got expelled from school. And it was one of the few times my mom was like, what I would consider a good mom in that scenario because she went down to the school like we're expelling kids for getting physically assaulted like I'm pressing charges this is ridiculous but that's what happens in schools and that's what we teach these kids that if you beat somebody up you get four days off of school if somebody beats you up you get punished by spending four days at home and I realized that there aren't a lot of good options in those scenarios especially if you don't know who the culprit was and you don't know um you know, who started it or who said what or anything like that. But there has to be a better way for us to address bullying, especially when so much of it now is said with words and not hands. Mm -hmm. It's said through the disguise of the social media world. You can make your name whatever you want Mm -hmm. and say whatever you want. And there's no consequences for it. And it's absolutely terrible. And if I honestly, if I were a parent, not that I am, and I and as much as I appreciate all the young listeners I have, if I were a parent and my kids had social media, that shit would be on lockdown. Yeah. Privacy settings, fake names, call yourself like, I don't know, anything you want. Goddess of the moon. That can be your handle. Nothing that like thing that could relate back to you. Avatars instead of photos. Like if you want to use it to communicate with other people, that's fine. But as long as I'm in charge of you, and I don't care if that's against the rules, like as long as I'm in charge of you, I I have to do what I can to protect you. And I would have to separate it so much. Yeah. I, I'm glad I don't want kids because I can't even imagine 
like oh, raising a person. I'm like, nope, that sounds terrible. I don't think so. I watch Which my friends un- like because the people who are listening are probably they're braver than I could ever be if you have kids, especially if you yeah. if they're teenagers and they have social media. And I send you all of the positive vibes I can possibly manage. Yeah, best of luck to you. Um, have fun. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully listening to this podcast gives you a tiny bit of a break. Yeah. I, I hope I bring you serotonin. We bring you serotonin anyways. That is our goal in life. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. I don't have a good transition for that one. There is no good transition for that. Bullying is terrible. We see yeah. we see a little bit of bullying in this book, um, but it's Frank very Churchill. small. It's honestly, a lot of it is just misguided from Emma. I, I would consider what she does to Harriet bullying. Yeah. Also, I think Frank Churchill bullies Jane a lot, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. But, um, oh, so I forgot where we were at. Uh, Jane, or it's not Jane, Emma just came back and saw that Harriet and um, Knightley were there at her home. And so Emma's like, I just came back from the Bates house. And Knightley, like, looks super happy. So he goes to, like, kiss her hand, but, like, he chickens out the last second. I'm like, sir? <laughs> What's that about? What are you doing? <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't yeah, he's like, suspicious. I like that it's, she's like, well, he's done this all the time, but now it means more. I mean, so, it does mean more though, right? Yeah. yeah, because now it's a, I think you're really hot and I'm fantasizing about you. Kiss on the hand no. instead of, instead of being like, oh, you're, uh, my brother's wife's sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then so out of the blue, Mrs. Churchill dies, which I honestly did not see coming. It's it's a unexpected format um, of drama that that you know Austin put into the story, mm-hmm. um, but I do think it's uh, a- another good foil because again, Emma doesn't take the world seriously, and this is a reminder of how short life is. Yeah. For sure. And I also think it's a good reminder to us as the reader that uh, even when we're reading a story that ultimately is happy, that these types of traumatic things are going to be unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they do happen, you're not going to know how to deal with it. And it could be smack dab in the middle of the happiest time of your life. Yeah. And also, it's a good reminder to, like, not talk shit about people's health. Yeah. (laughs) Something we don't um, put enough value and effort in. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Emma is kind of a dirtbag, though, because she sees this as a positive because now Frank could totally date Harriet. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Emma! Emma's no. mind is like always strategically turning. She's always thinking of, like, how does this benefit me? Emma having a Chris Jenner moment. Am I having a Chris Jenner moment? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's such a great analogy. I'm sorry. I'm just like super proud right now. 
I'm just like, yes, my friend came up with that. Um, anyways. Listen, we're having some good quotes on this uh, series so far. Sure. sure. Miss Bates, original podcast host. Emma is the Chris Jenner. She is. Though. She is. The name of her podcast be. I want something that's like bait related because yeah. you know, like baiting. Yeah. Hmm. Bait. Bates. I don't know. Bates and tea. What something. if it's like uh, take the bait with Miss Bates? Oh, I like that. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I'll keep thinking about it. Maybe cool. we'll do a poll on social media and see what everybody else yes. comes up with. Or is there that thing where you can like send in answers? Yeah, we could do that on... Uh... We could do it on both of ours and see who's got... Yeah, we could do it on our stories. Yeah. Let's see what happens. See who's got the best answer. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. We'll share the good ones. <laughs> you keep the bad ones secret, but we'll share like all the good ones. We should just share all of them. Yeah. Unless they're like inappropriate. And then, yeah. Like just kidding. It, it, we'll share all of them as long as they're not weird. And by weird, I mean like. Or, like respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyways. Do Anyways. we do a podcast? huh we also do a podcast is that something that we do on this show <laughs> well i have a podcast no? okay. and then a podcast and then a pod oh wait you wanted to do another podcast or wait I'm saying, are we supposed to be hosting a podcast right now oh yeah <laughs> yeah well you know casual also chit chat corner also chit chat corner <laughs> So apparently the only person allowed to visit Jane is Perry, which I thought is funny. And then I don't know if you're looking at my notes right now, but my guess was that Jane's pregnant. Oh, that's a guess. <laughs> which you're so not, dramatic. I am dramatic. I just thought it'd be funny. I don't know. Like dramatic quotes you can come up with. You're like, this will be great. Yeah. I was just like, I like to throw out the book wild answers you know understandable understandable i like to it's it's fun being wrong i don't know what well, did say you were wrong i just said it was outlandish i never said you were wrong watch it be uh the emma sequel <laughs> by jane austen the emma sequel <laughs> uh turns out the entire time that she was in fact pregnant so weird how that happened like the, uh, what is that? Cursed child version. Oh, man. <laughs> I just like to pretend that that doesn't exist. A good way to be. Yeah. It's like my way of surviving. A little. I remember reading it. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, because it's kind of like, um, I don't remember signing up for that, but okay. Thanks. Yeah. But also Harry Potter has kind of been ruined for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who was it? Um, Christy Bates, who wrote Hot British Boyfriend, which, by the way, is the most adorable rom-com 
please go read it. Yeah, I haven't um, read that yet. Best in the book when it said that like, while I no longer support the author, I refuse to let her ruin my childhood as in the same way that she's ruined the love and life of so many others. And I was like, this is gold because this is how I feel about the thing that raised me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I, I now buy like anytime I want anything that's like Hogwarts esque, I buy it through like Etsy sellers. So I will not give her more of my money. Or time or effort or attention. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently though, uh, Jane is just dodging Emma, mm -hmm. which we'll find out why here shortly. Will we? <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's like, we'll find out why. And then we find out why. And it's like a little underwhelming. Yeah. You're like, okay, sure. Go off, I guess. Mm -hmm. I will say though, Emma. Like all I do is go off. <laughs> Same. Big mood. Yeah. Emma's happy though at least she tried we're proud of Emma for at least trying I I honestly kind of thought that maybe Jane was just like still super offended which honestly would be fair yeah and deserved right yeah, yeah. Like, Emma nothing, said some nothing wrong with that yeah like we're cool with it support Emma in that but yeah so then we are on to chapter 56 so Emma gets told by Mr. Weston that she has to come to their house secretly and alone. And I'm like, okay. And not sketch at all. Yeah, totally cool. I, I apparently I just really had like secret pregnancies on the mind for some reason, because I was like, <laughs> it may be, <laughs> it may be because I was just like celebrating my friends, like gender reveal. So making a soap opera where everybody's just randomly pregnant. <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, maybe listen, if you didn't have any context, a lot of this seems like it could be secret pregnancy. Just saying. That's true. So, um, Emma is freaking out. Cause she's like, it sounds really bad. But then Mr. Weston looks at her and she goes, it has nothing to do with light nightly. And she relaxes a little. And I'm like, yeah, girl, we all know. You bet no. We, we, we're suspicious. So apparently, she, oh, sorry, what? I was saying we're suspicious, not just, um, yeah, no, just kidding. Go ahead. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they say that she, she won't see Frank since he's halfway to Windsor and not sure why Emma's supposed to care about that, but whatever. Turns out Frank and Jane have long since been engaged. And I, I think like I had guessed this at the beginning. Uh -huh. Also, it still kind of surprised me. Because we don't want it to, to be true. Like he this was isn't something that we want. No, he was so mean. And, like, why do they have to hide it? There's no, like, it does not make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, he keeps trying to, like, give reasons. And I'm like, this is dumb. This does not make sense. 
Mrs. Weston says that she was worried that Frank let her on, but Emma's like, yeah, no, I don't care about Frank at all. So it's cool. But he definitely did. And the whole time he was engaged to another woman. So. Again, this isn't like unheard of though. Yeah. Especially because while I think we we want to think their marriage is more than it is, a lot of times it's a marriage of convenience as much as it is a marriage of like love or affection. Yeah. And, you know, we got to try and not judge them for that because it really was just that was the time of it. Yeah. Yeah, but he should have been nicer to Jane. True story. There's no reason. You won't get any disagreements from me there. It's not like he couldn't have been seen courting her. Right. So it did not make sense for him to like hang out with Emma so much and talk shit. I don't know. So you're just like, done with their shit. You're just I like, am. you know what? This is inappropriate, and this is inappropriate, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Truly, I just don't like Frank. Okay, like end all be all. Don't like Frank. Understandable. He is not a commendable human being. Yeah, like what a dirtbag. So apparently, Frank was dirt uh, flirting. <laughs> I almost said dirting. <laughs> Frank was flirting uh, with Emma because there was a miscommunication, and I'm like. I don't care if there was a miscommunication. Like, you're engaged. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Um, so she helps Mr. Weston feel better about the whole thing, which is good. Because honestly, the Weston shouldn't feel guilty about something the kid they didn't raise did. Right. At the end of the day, like, it's not their fault. But, but it's better. understandable why they would, because... Mm-hmm again we put like a lot of pressures on ourselves and that's that's going to be reflected in in other people too so yeah and like technically the only reason he's even in town is to see them right so So the only reason that he's like exposed to the community is is because of them yeah but it's not their fault so it's like adjacent yeah yeah it's like it's not their fault, but what they this is like the consequence of their actions or whatever. Yeah. Like I get why they feel guilty, but it's not their fault. Right. So then we are on to uh, chapter fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Emma feels bad that she pushed Harriet towards Frank because once again she sets Harriet up for failure. She's a really bad friend to Harriet. She is. Like, a genuinely bad friend. Yeah. Like, a... And the worst, she doesn't see it at all. I know, and she's still just like, I can't believe I have to let Harriet down again. And I'm like, girl, you should have just let Harriet marry the man that she loved. Mm -hmm. Because she was cool and fine and dandy with that, and then you ruined it, so... And again, it's... It's... Misguided. Yeah, and especially after she put together like uh, like sorry not she uh he robert martin put together a whole like presentation on how he's gonna provide for harriet like that man loves her i love that he was like okay here's my powerpoint of why you should marry like me here's here's like my five-year plan of how i'm gonna like feed our family and 
take care of our kids and take care of you. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so, I think personally, I think it's romantic, but that's that's just me. I think it's so cute. Yeah, I do too. I love it. I think that it's incredibly adorable and I want to see more of it. But uh, Harriet shows up and um, Mr. Weston already told her all about it. And she's like, oh, yo, Emma, isn't this wild? Like, can you believe that Frank is, you know, getting married? And Emma's like, aren't you distraught? And Harriet's like, I literally don't care about Frank. Wait, you thought I was talking about Frank? Turns out, you know, Harriet said she was into Mr. Knightley, which we all knew. Like, I thought we all knew this. But somehow Emma just, like, glossed over it so much into like his letters and his portrait and yeah but i thought harriet fully said that she liked mr knightley like word for word but apparently not so i don't know it's one of those things where it's like it's implied if you're paying attention to the book oh yeah you know but emma's like no i could never see that i don't know what you're talking about that makes no sense. Are we reading the same book? Yeah, right? It's like right there. <laughs> so Harriet says she never cared for Frank. Um, she likes Mr. Knightley. Emma, shocked and confused. Emma asks if my, Mr. Knightley returns her affection. And she says yes. And Emma's like, oh, dude. <laughs> no. No, thank you. And this is like the real moment she realizes she's in love with Mr. Knightley because she's like, why am I getting so upset about this? Like, the, the version of this in Clueless is to die for. I like don't really remember it because I've only seen Clueless a couple times. So I'm excited to like okay, rewatch it. Well, the version of this in Clueless is to die for. And you'll know that when you finally watch it. I'm excited. I cannot wait. <laughs> so, um... Emma changed the subject away from Knightley, but she's very upset about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Harriet just brings us right back around. She's laying out, like, word for word, all the ways that she thinks Mr. Knightley cares about her. And just driving that stake even deeper in Emma's heart. And part of this is, like, I don't know. Is it fair to say this? Is, like, Emma brought this on herself. Yeah, she definitely she let Harriet marry who she wanted. Yeah, she wouldn't be fighting for Knightley's attention. Yeah, or if she like, kind of like Emma brought it on herself, mm-hmm. and it's not really fair to Harriet. No, it's really not. Like, but I think we've established in past episodes that Emma is not a good friend. Yeah, for sure. So, and then Emma also realizes that she did like Knightley this entire time and never actually liked Frank. Right. And I don't know how you don't know you like someone. I just don't understand it. I don't know. For me, that's never. I can I can understand how you would know you didn't love someone. Hmm. You might like someone and have feelings for them, but, you know, love kind of creeps up on you. Yeah. It's like that saying, um, falling in love is like falling asleep slowly and then all at once yeah yeah so i guess i guess if you compare that to like it's it's the same thing but i feel like like has to start from somewhere Mm -hmm. i feel like like always starts from somewhere um and so it might start 
from, I don't know, uh, from liking, or at least having like an instant attraction to someone. Like she has to at least know she's attracted to him, you know? Like, I don't know how she doesn't realize that, but I don't know. Maybe she was just making a bunch of excuses for it the whole time. I don't know. She also puts a lot of effort into other people. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible that she's distracted by that. Fair. Fair. But then we are on to chapter 58. Eight, yeah. Um, Emma's pissed at herself that she did not value... Mr. Knightley enough and she feels like she's losing him which like duh yeah kind of love the little panic for her though I think that's fun uh she still hopes not to marry though and that Mr. Knightley won't marry so things can simply stay the same and I'm like girl no like you have to you can't expect him to just die alone but think of what she would be losing if she's wrong about his intentions. Yeah. Think of the friendship and connection and one of the few people in the world who truly sees her as she is, flaws and all, more so than she sees herself. Think about that romantic entanglement, even if it's not romantic in the sense of like love, it's romantic in the sense of like idolation. Mm-hmm. And think about how turning that into something more would ruin one of the true and genuine affectionate people in her life. If it turned out she was wrong. That's fair. I, maybe I'm just a little selfish personally. Cause I just, I'd always risk it for the biscuit, but I feel like I, I, I personally have experienced this. My husband and I were good friends for years Um, and we grew up in a very small town where we knew the same people. So he had dated one of my friends. I had dated one of his friends. I mean, it had been years, but it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was definitely hesitation on both our parts when we realized that there was something between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I mean, it worked out in my favor. I'm married now, but there was in the very beginning, uh, it was like kind of slow, uh, it was, I mean, I was always, I always found him attractive and vice versa, but it was never a good opportunity. And it was never like, oh, I see this as a potential suitor. Cause you don't think that you have that common or the com- compatibility. Um, but I do remember there were definitely times when both of us, even, we even talked about it at one point, mm-hmm. had a whole conversation, uh, where he was like, this is why this is a bad idea. This is why. I kind of want to ignore that it's a bad idea. And I remember we talked about it for almost an hour. Um, and I finally kissed him. Yes. I was I was like, if I can, if, and I thought about it in my head so much. I was like, we're building this up and it might be nothing. So I was in my head, I was like, you know what? Just kiss him. If there's no sparks, then nothing to worry about. Yeah. And if there are sparks, then you'll deal with it in 20 seconds. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's like a little romance book moment. (laughs) Every love story has that. Little romance moments. Yeah. Mine was, I literally pestered my boyfriend until he realized that I found him attractive. 
Like I was the chaser. He was the chase. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. He's kind of dense though. So I literally had to like lay it out for him that I was like, I find you attractive. Thanks. I think that was always there for us. Yeah. I think we always had a, a sense of like being attracted to each other, but it, it was more in like a vague way, more in like a, well, of course we're attracted to each other kind of way than a there's potential here kind of way. I am just remembering that when he did ask me out, finally, I told him I thought someone else was cute. Look at you playing hard to get. <laughs> and then he asked me out. And then I got so excited that I forgot to respond for two minutes. Yeah. And then he told me he thought that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, hell yeah, dude. That was our, I think that was our romance moment, our romance book moment. Do you think one of the reasons that Mr. Knightley is hesitant is, is because he's worried about the consequences? Probably, but I wonder if he's hesitant because he is not confident in what Emma's feeling, you know? Well, I also wonder if he's hesitant because um, more or less he has a, I, I don't know, camaraderie with her father. Yeah. And a level of acceptance that it's like, is he is dad going to be pissed and thinking I'm like taking advantage of his my connection to like yeah. be with the daughter? Yeah. And yeah. I also feel like he's in a position of power too. And he doesn't really want that to influence Emma. Like especially that day and age, you know, like when – Women get marriage proposals. They almost always say yes. And yeah, I mean, because because again, I think that's because what are the consequences if they don't? Yeah, like I feel like your options are limited. You kind of have to, even if you're like, ugh, okay. And I don't think he wanted to put Emma in that kind of position. Would you? What I have asked. Would you want to put the person that you love in that kind of position? Oh, no. I would never want them to be forced to say yes. You know what I mean? Like, so I totally understand where Knightley's coming from, where he doesn't want to ask because he doesn't want, he doesn't want Emma to have to say yes if she doesn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. So I like his in a moment here when he's kind of like picking around to see her feelings, even though, again, she doesn't know that he's talking about her. And he thinks she's talking about him and not Frank. <laughs> Which is very good. It's just the constant, like, misdirection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next? It sounds like Jane is super in love, which is good. I don't know how, and she's been bullied for the last 50-something chapters, but whatever. Um... <laughs> Emma is super upset at everything and everyone and truly thinks she'll be alone forever, which is exactly what she asked for. But again, whatever. Um, okay. The cat. Then we are on to chapter 50. You can do it. 59? 
Are you confident? I think. So. Uh, yeah, it's an X. Found it, found it out. Which number? What do you see? <laughs> it's the XLIX. And I think the IX, it means nine, right? Yeah, because one before. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it goes after, it'll be 11. Okay. That's okay. the part where it's like very strange, I think. Mm hmm. It's just throwing me off because um, there's an L in there, too. And so I'm, like, trying to remember what that stands for. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 59. So, uh, wait. It's 59 and not 49, right? Um, X-L-I-X. I'm just going to Google it. Let's find out if we're right. Because <laughs> I'm just looking at the next chapter being L, and I don't think L would stand yeah, for 60. It's 49. You're, you, are, you are correct, my dear. <laughs> okay, okay, every chapter I just said that was it. 50, take the 5 and make it a 4. You did it. Much proud. Rip. <laughs> Whoopsie poopsie. Uh, those, all those chapters are in the 40s. My bad. Anyways, uh, chapter 49... Mr. Knightley is back, and Emma thinks he's uh, going to tell her he's attached to Harriet. And uh, Knightley a thousand percent thinks Emma is in love with Frank. So, like, Emma keeps shutting Knightley down and tries to tell her who he cares about because she doesn't want to hear him say Harriet. And, like, thank God that Emma, or that Mr. Knightley is just like, listen, at this point, you know, I'm going to shoot my shot. He's not really going to propose. He's just going to say, like, here are my feelings. Right. You know, here you go. Do with that what you will. And he says the best quote, which you put on Instagram today. I know. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. And I'm going to give it to all of our listeners now because it's too perfect. And I had to just write it. So if I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Forgot the whole thing though. That part I, is what I wrote you down, wrote down. But I cannot make speeches, Emma. If I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. But you know what I am. You hear nothing but truth from me. So good. Oh. So good. Emma is pumped. Every girl in the world just fell in love. <laughs> Literally. Honestly. Jane Austen gets some good quotes in her proposals. Okay. And how often do we see this trope still being done hundreds of years later? Literally. Literally, though. Like, the miscommunication trope, though. Mm -hmm. It irritates me, but also I cannot stop reading it. Like, I'll be, like, pissed, and I'll be like, I can't stand anybody that I'm reading about right now, but I'll also be like, next chapter, please. It's, it's like watching Grey's Anatomy. It's like, I'm so stressed out. Why do I watch this show? Yeah. Next, please. I <laughs> literally cannot watch Grey's Anatomy because I can't just watch a handful of episodes. Like, I won't sleep. I just keep watching it. So I have to keep pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah. And, like, whenever I come to a breaking point with it, like, I, I think I had finals or something, so I broke and I stopped watching it, so I did finals and stuff. And I have not let myself go back to it. And it's been, like, years now. 
and I have not I found back. With the recycled material. What? Sorry, I cut out. The recycled material. Mm. Where it's like, okay, how many times can this fall apart? How many times can we have a plane crash or a, a car crash or a storm that does this? It's mm-hmm. like, if you guys aren't going to come up with new content, then you should just retire the show. Yeah. I feel like the one of the last things I watched was like when that bomb went off and I was like what kind of hospital do you guys work at? Right? (laughs) (laughs) But Emma accepts the proposal. Thank God. Um, And then she's like, oh my God, I'm about to break this to Harriet. (laughs) Yeah. And then we're said than done. Yeah. Which honestly, just like trash friend behavior. Like I, okay, listen, I if don't believe in calling dibs on men, like or I'm, women, or women, any yeah, yeah. any human being, any human being. I don't believe yeah. in calling dibs. So, uh, well, I just, you know, I just feel like it's another thing though that Emma is doing. That's just kind of like a shitty friend behavior. Is that like it's just Emma is just like very controlling even if she doesn't realize it even if she doesn't intend to she's very controlling and she's constantly like trying to pull the strings of the people around her Mm -hmm. uh and this is just another example of that and again i don't necessarily think she realized she's she's doing it but yeah we as the reader have that outside perspective Mm -hmm. like i feel like emma means well but she's still doing it so but then we're on a chapter 50. So they're sitting down at dinner with Mr. Woodhouse and trying not to say anything, which is my favorite thing. I think it's funny. This part I do remember from Clueless, though. This scene mm-hmm. specifically, like after they start dating, when they like keep looking at each other over dinner. And it's like, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. Yeah. What's happening? No, what? What's happening? Secret, secret, I got a secret. I forgot that song existed. For- Quentin and I do say that all the time. <laughs> Mine is always. You don't. can bet if any time anyone in our proximity says the word secret, both of us. Secret, secret, I got a secret. We got some songs like that where, but it's mostly like, don't be suspicious, don't be don't suspicious. suspicious. Why are you asking all them questions? Asking all them questions. (laughs) (laughs) What is this podcast? What is your podcast about again? Apparently uh, asking a lot of questions and not being suspicious. Everything that we don't talk about. My bad. Anyways. (laughs) Anything but the book. Right. So. um, Oh, Emma wrote in a letter to Harriet, which is a cop out. Um, that her and Mr. Knightley and together, and I'm like, girl, you can't just, like, she's basically texting her friend and be like, yeah, the guy that you're have a crush on, we're getting married. So, like, you have to at least have the balls to say something. I think it's also one of those things where, at least in this scenario that opportunity doesn't always present itself mm-hmm. um just because just because of the like 
proximity that everybody has to each other where they're not always going to be close to one another. They're not always going to be able to just like run over and say hi. Mm -hmm. I think that it's the equivalent of I can't hang out. I'm washing my hair tonight. Yeah. Mood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they get to see Frank's letter in which Frank is like explaining everything. And he said that the reason he chose to like flirt and hang out with Emma is because he thought Emma was indifferent to him. And that's why he used her as cover. And then he spills all the beans about everything. And then Emma also makes Mr. Knightley read the letter, which I thought was fun. Again, though, we could see where he would come to that conclusion. Like that's very, there's a lot of evidence of that in the text. Yeah. Like I can see it and I'm not necessarily mad. I apparently am a joke. We're mad. (laughs) We don't want to be mad because we're like, it's not his fault, but also we're like, come on happily ever after. Yeah. But I'm also like, dude, just flirt with your girlfriend. I don't understand. Just you can, you don't have to say that you guys are engaged. It doesn't make sense. But then we are on to chapter 51. We got Mr. Knightley reading the letter, and I love all of his commentary. Like, every time he pauses the letter, and he looks up, and he goes, well, of course he would think that. And I was like, keep reading. Um, And then Mr. Knightley said, uh, basically, he knows that Emma does not want to move away from Hartfield, uh, and doesn't want to leave her dad alone. So he's like, how about I move to Hartfield so that your dad would be more comfortable, and then Isabel and everybody else could just move into my house whenever they're ready for it. And like, mm-hmm. what a legend. Cause you know, that house is definitely smaller. Yeah. But I just, I love it. And then very, very humble. Yeah. And this is also like Emma rem- remembering that she still has to like talk to Harriet. She hasn't heard anything back from Harriet. So she doesn't even know if her letter actually got there, really. And then we're on to chapter 52. Harriet decides to go stay in London with Emma's sister just to kind of get away from everything for a while, which is good because, like, Emma's kind of, like, screwed over her life a little bit. Right. And so Emma goes to see Jane, and Jane is actually really happy to see her uh, because now, you know... Jane knows she's not after her man. Um, Mrs. Elton thinks that Emma doesn't know and is kind of rubbing it in for some reason, though. She keeps, like, Again, spelling the tea. Like, some people just like to bait the world and see what happens. Mm-hmm. She keeps doing that thing where they're like, yeah, well, what, could you believe that that happened? If you If you know, you know, but you don't know, so... So, um, Mr. Allen tried to find... They know we know. Sorry, what did you say? They don't know that we know they know we know. (laughs) It's from Friends. Sorry, I forgot you haven't watched that show. I I feel like I'd heard that before, but I didn't know where it was from. (laughs) I was never really a big sitcom person, so (laughs) when everybody else kind of binged Friends, I didn't binge it. So now I feel well, like keep in mind that I'm really old, so I didn't binge it. I watched it every Thursday night at eight o'clock. <laughs> you say that like you're my grandmother's age. 
I mean, I might as well be in terms of today's uh, accessibility to technology compared to like what I had. Yeah. Uh, back when, back in the day, I remember actually waiting for Netflix in the mail. Okay. Yeah, I had to do, like I didn't have Netflix, but my neighbor did, and we had to wait for hers to get delivered because they didn't want to pay the fee for it to be like instant. So, because mm. it was cheaper to get it delivered. So yeah. we yeah, wait for her. Was. Sorry. But we'd like wait for her to um, get like a bunch of DVDs all at once. And then we'd like go to her house and watch like seasons upon seasons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Before they sent it back. Isn't that nice? And now I haven't been to a post office in God knows how long. So. <laughs> I actually go all the time because I'm constantly sending stuff for the podcast. So I haven't sent anything for the podcast. I don't know. What? Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't. I Opportunity thinking. has not presented itself. Yeah. I mean, at some point I'd like to do like, um, like I, I have this goal one day of doing some, writing some retellings and sending the arcs to the guests on those episodes. Like that a would be awesome. But it's going to be a long time before that happens. Okay, well, just so you know, that is something I call dibs on. <laughs> okay. It, I any- think that's an appropriate thing to call dibs on, though, because that's, yeah. that's uh, written content, not some, not a living creature. Mm-hmm. Facts. I'll send Facts. you arcs of anything that I write, even if it's not Emma. Thank you. Yeah. They might be digital, though, because I don't know how... Oh printing ones work that's fine that would probably be simpler and cheaper for both of us yeah mailing things is hard i went to the post office and i had to send my friend's paycheck to her um because it like she moved and they only had her old address and it was a fiasco so i just like took it from work and sent it to her um and the ladies like looking at me and I'm looking at her and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I know how to address this card. I don't know how many postage stamps to put on here. Like, it feels like a one situation, <laughs> but like, how many do I put on here? And she goes, well, well like, if you just want to pay for it, then I'll just like, you don't actually have to buy a postage stamp. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand how this works, ma'am. Like, <laughs> I'll just put the address and you just tell me how much it costs. Like this generation. (laughs) I have no idea. I just keep like whenever I have to send a card, like I know if it's like a letter, that's one, Mm -hmm. but anything besides a letter, I don't know how many postage stamps. So I just bring it to the post office and I. I mean, the card usually depends on how heavy, but um, a, a safe bet is just put two stamps on it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. I just go nowadays. I just go to the post office and I just pay whatever absorbent fee they give me. They can right. tell me it's like ten dollars, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Get it there, please." <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not good at shipping for adult That's things. Fine. That's fine. Me neither. <laughs> okay, what happened in the book? Um. So. Uh, Mr. Allen says that Knightley is missing in action at the moment, and we're mm-hmm. probably assuming that he's just avoiding which Mr. Allen, which I think is fun. Um, 
Emma and Jane make up, which is good. They're finally friends at the very end of the book. Uh, and then we're on to chapter 53. So Mrs. Weston is having a daughter. Like I said, secret pregnancy. Secret, secret. I got a secret. Secret, baby. I forget what that song's called. Sticks by uh, Mr. Roboto. Sticks. Oh. Okay. I think so, I did that on just. Weston, he was singing for us. Amazing. Mr. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, we find and, out that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just like trying to redirect us back to the. So then we find out that Knightley's name is George Knightley. Q. Love that. Um, so now we actually. It's George or William, right? Like George, William. It's William. It's William. My cousin's dog name is dog's name is Fitzwilliam. Nice. Yeah. Um but John Knightley doesn't seem to be the biggest fan of this match. Right. Don't know why. Don't really care. It's a good match. It's fine. Um and then Emma is talking to her dad about it and her dad seems fine with it, which is good, especially when she says hey, we're still going to live here. And he realizes nothing's going to change at all. He's like, all right, cool. That's Jill. Um, Mrs. Weston is very happy about this. Uh, word spreads very quickly in town. Every single person knows. And then Mrs. Elton is talking a lot of shit about it. But like, nobody cares what Mrs. Elton thinks. So it's fine. And then we are on to chapter 54. So, we go. yeah. Out of the blue... Harriet marries Robert Martin and uh, didn't finally. tell Emma. Yeah, finally. But like she doesn't finally. tell Emma, which is fine. Because-, because you know what? Emma would be the one showing up at the courthouse like, I object to yeah. this wedding. Yeah, truly. We would hate her even more. Facts. And honestly, it's better that Harriet didn't say anything. Like, this is a moment Harriet needs to have by herself. Mm-hmm. But Emma is surprised to figure out that she's actually quite happy about this match. And it's like, you probably should have, like, encouraged your friend to marry in her class. And, like, marry someone she actually cared about. But, okay. And then Emma is in the room with Frank and Jane. Um, And Frank's like, I love her so much. Like, I love Jane. And she is the light... To my mornings and the sun in the dawn and blood. The dawn. Yeah. <laughs> it's so pretty. And then we are on to chapter 55. We find out that Harriet is the daughter of a tradesman, which she totally knew the entire time and just didn't say anything, but whatever. Trying to keep her social status ambiguous. Yep. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. So then Harriet gets married first, then Emma, then Jane, and yay, they're married. And then the book ends. <laughs> Woo. They all lived happily to the end of their days. Mm-hmm. The end. I really like this book, to be honest. I thought it was... I'm so glad good. you liked it. Yeah. I I can tell uh, Jane Austen's writing got better um, from Pride and Prejudice to now, but right. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I'm very excited to rewatch Clueless, rewatch Emma 2020 with fresh 
off the book vibes. I'm very excited to watch that for the first time and then to rewatch Clueless. I have seen Clueless a lot, but it's been a long time. So I'm excited to watch it uh, now with Emma so fresh in my head with the this this concept and idea of them i'm really excited i'm looking forward to talking to you about it me too i'm very excited we'll have to do we're gonna do like a lot we're gonna oh sorry i'm plugging my headphones um i think we're gonna have a lot to say and if Mm -hmm. you want to listen to our conversation on clueless that will be on patreon so make sure to check that out very exciting yeah and we will catch you all in the next episode uh, see you in the next chapter. Yeah, see you in the next chapter. Bethany, the people of the internet find you and your podcast? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Bethany Finger Author, and you can find the podcast everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Sounds good, and we will catch you all later in the next chapter. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on literally everything. Uh, so you can find me wherever. Um, this month, we are going to be talking about Clueless over on Patreon. So if you want to check that out, please consider joining the Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Uh, next episode will be about Emma 2020. So if you want to watch that in advance, and then you can join us for discussing it. But I will be taking a one-month hiatus uh, on the podcast just to start doing some pre-recording and things of that nature. So enjoy the backlog, or this is the best time to join the Patreon, so then you can listen to a whole bunch of episodes. There's like 10 months of episodes on there, so check that out. But I will catch you all in the next chapter. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux, and I'll catch you all later. Bye!